All right, if it's floating around the net and it's funny, chances are it came from something awful. And today I'm joined by one of the main perpetrators, writer David Thorpe. Excuse me, Dr. Dr. David Thorpe, correct? It's a, it's a pleasure to be here, Kenneth. Uh, it's Kevin, and it's a, it's a pleasure to have you here. I'm a big, big fan of your site, David. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, so for those uh, who are uninitiated, there's somethingawful.com. It's been around for a little while. It's a website on the Internet. Yeah, you could say that. Uh, I guess you would be right about that. Yeah. Internet, yeah. It is on the World Wide Web, freely available. Um, well, if you want to join the forums, you have to pay about 80 bucks a month. Oh. But, uh, but you, can, you can browse the site for free, yeah. All right, so, so if people are browsing the site, what are they going to find? What is something awful all about? Pop-ups, pop-ups, pop-unders, flash ads, nice. porn ads, porn ads with sound. Um, right. Full-screen flash ads? Oh, yeah, yeah. You, it's going to take a while for you to find any content in the site. Uh, often there is none. So uh, if you like pop-ups, though, it's a huge depository of pop-ups. Now, the Internet used to not be filled with so many pop-ups. Was there a time when Something Awful wasn't completely cluttered with, with useless crap? Well, it started in about 1999 as a uh, monster truck rally newsletter, hmm. and it was pretty popular. Uh, a guy named Lotax did it in his basement and distributed it to his friends, but uh, it got slightly less highbrow since then, so nowadays it's... I don't know, the humor's a little sort of juvenile. You right. know? It's not, you know, people don't like it. You know what I mean? No, understandable. It's, yeah. not, it's not popular. No, no, it's not popular. People don't like it. It's right. not original. All right. um, we, we steal most of our content from a guy named Maddox. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the best um, page in the universe or something like that. Or yeah. So he says. yeah, most of it is stolen from him. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, now, now, you mentioned the forums. People actually pay to use a, a message board on the Internet? They pay ridiculous amounts of money for what amounts to nothing. Wow. Now, yeah. why, would, why, would, why would any goon want to do that? Um, well, I guess it's sort of like, I guess you could call it the legitimate front for a cult. And, uh, you know, it's, they promise you eternal salvation. Join for, us right there. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's telling just, you. It's pretty transparent and that it's just a, basically a cult. You'll clearly follow any man that looks like that. Um, yes, yeah. that's actually him before the uh, incarceration. Yeah. Oh, so he's currently locked up. He is, he is locked up. He is in jail for selling prescription drugs over the Internet, mm. which used to be what the site was about before they sort of... The FBI kind of put the put the nicks on that whole yeah. thing. They tend to they tend to squash the fun, David. Yeah, it was a lot of fun getting Valium from them. That's why I'm called Doctor David Thorpe. In fact, is because they decided that they needed somebody with the title Doctor, even though I'm not actually a medical doctor. They decided to uh, oh nice to pretend that I was one. Good, good. Uh, now something else, you guys. The, the interesting thing about the forums, even for the people that pay, is that you guys are. Uh, I almost see you, the the something awful crowd as trendsetters. Like they. They influence a good population or a good portion of the Internet. All your base, really, is kind of credited to something awful. Even Goatsy, everything, they kind of gear it towards something awful. I mean, is that... Yeah, is that... anything that's sort of played out and kind of uncool about the Internet, mm -hmm. things that have been around for a long time and everybody hates them by now and the joke is dead, something awful is still beating that dead horse, like all your base jokes all the time on something awful. Great. Yeah, Goatsy jokes all the time. If people don't know what Goatsy is, it's a, it's a photo of a man sort of elaborately elaborately manipulating himself in a really strange way so yeah that's that's one way to describe the goatee yes yeah yes. yeah it's it's a, a fun little site but uh, so now you're 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 not an actual doctor but you play one on the internet yeah. what do you do for something awful you you write columns about bands that suck and about bad fashion yeah basically uh, my homeboy zach and i write a thing called fashion swat every couple of weeks where we sort of make fun of old clothes we get pictures from all over old clothes clothes that are strange you know we had some strange Japanese fashions a while ago. Basically, they're really ridiculous clothes on the surface, 
and making fun of them is like shooting fish in a barrel. There's nothing particularly interesting or innovative about it, but it's what we do, you know? It's, uh, it's where you get your kicks. Yeah, yeah, we get our, our cheap laughs that way, cheap juvenile laughs. All right, David, thanks for coming on the show. It's Thank great you having much, you. Thank you very much, Ken. And introducing your starting lineup for this week's extremely bullshit episode of Dumb and Awful, featuring a retrospective of the Something Awful forums. In first position, at formerly Fizz on Twitter, sporting a total post count on Something Awful of 92,000 posts registered in the class of 2005 from the Sports Argument Stadium subforum, banned or probated 49 times, including for, as per the moderator, quote, trying to import some dumb GBS drama between you and PD. But to be honest, even if not, this is a shitty post that would only serve to start a dumb fight. Also, seriously, fuck off, Fizz, end quote. <laughs> Boss posting privileges for one week. Brad, formerly Fizz. In the second position, on Twitter as at ExileGrim, with a total post count of 15,931 posts, extremely specific, from the class of 2005, and the traditional gaming and cinema discusso subforums, was not banned, in fact, for arguing with a young H-bomber guy over whether or not the movie Prometheus was, quote, gay, but in a literal sense, but was disciplined <laughs> and banned twice uh, after someone asked practical advice on reporting a pretty fucked up crime and Grimm offhanded said, a lot of cops are going to ignore a sexual assault claim, especially if you were just a witness and not the victim. And for that input, he was banned for disparaging cops. Grimm! <laughs> and finally, my dumbass at Dumb and Awful, with a reg date of 2002, with a star eye-wateringly, startlingly negative 45,000 posts from the Fuck You and I subforum, never banned, but was probated 12 times for consistently, quote, off-topic posting slash riling up people in non-FIAD threads. Uh, and also, if you leave FIAD again, Rob, you will be banned at <laughs> Dumb and Awful. <laughs> Welcome to the Something Awful episode. It's an honor to be here to talk about something that I sadly know so much about. Here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people know a little bit about something awful. Um, I think sort of the, the impetus for this episode was a, uh, an absolute monster of a human being. A guy that, despite that, really brought a lot of people together in just the unanimous assessment that he was an absolute piece of shit. Uh, Richard, quote, Lotax Kianka. That's how you say his name, right? Kianka? Yeah, sure. He, he, yeah, who gives a shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a dead asshole. Uh, he died recently. Uh, died makes it seem like it was nature taking its course. But in, in a very real sense, it kind of was. Uh, I was watching the, the Goon Meat documentary from 2004 with uh, at Not Christiane, the poppy chulo from Twitter. And when low tax came on the screen, she's like, there's a guy that's never paying child support, huh? <laughs> and I was like, more true than you might know. He recently, <laughs> in his seventh marriage, um, and I think this one was not one he ordered off of the internet, which is not the case for all of his marriages, uh, 
He was ordered by the court to pay like some limited amount of child support given his like absolutely effort-free online uh, paychecks that he's been receiving for so long. And instead of paying his child support, he blew his own head off with a gun, <laughs> which is in a way the apotheosis of being a something awful poster. It was always going to happen. <laughs> he went out like Hunter S. Thompson <laughs> in the worst possible way. Um, Low Tax was the original creator of the website uh back in you know the, the the turn of the millennium he was a disgruntled uh gamer journalist he was these guys that like would go to e3 and be like the booth babes used to have bigger tits and everyone was like nobody wants to hear it and he started his own site where he could post uh satire uh, as he called it which is really just like the insane scribblings of a madman uh, angry at the internet and the Thing was, the second half of that turned out to be very lucrative because the internet was terrible. And regardless of how questionable in personal character the creator was, in the early days, Web 1.0 days, there weren't many places that were just saying, this fucking whole ecosystem is truly something awful. That's where the title came from. There was a lot of back in those days, like really optimistic talk about what the internet could do where it could go you know it, it was this like uh like sci-fi writers like it's a it's a natural neural net of all of the best of humanity and richard lotax kianka perhaps mining his own experience realized well what about all the terrible parts of humanity what if it was actually a good thing if you fuck anime body pillows what if the shame you felt over that was in fact natural and real and maybe it's a bad thing if in the future you'll be able to find 10,000 people uh, who aren't uplifting your better an angels but are just like actually it's not illegal to, to fuck a uh, nine-year-old anime lolly body pillow and that's something a lot of people don't think about what if once people found community it just amplified their worst traits and I think he has very much been vindicated <laughs> by that perspective uh so, so guys, just to get things started, this is going to be a very loose conversation, but uh, how did you find SA? What was the original draw for you back in the day? How did you end up becoming uh, a goon? G goon was the term for someone who posted on the SA forums. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I came from like, I was like on a Dave Matthews band message board or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and you were like, I, I can go shittier. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for content to steal and post on uh, the Dave. No, I'm kidding. And no, I found uh, I found a GBS thread that was funny. It was about like, no, it was the fucking um, uh, your band sucks articles that were uh, like in the late '90s, early 2000s, whenever that was. Those were pretty funny. I thought at the time the guy really hated um, like Mars Volta, and I just went from there. And then I started posting about sports, and it just kind of took off. GBS was the sort of uh, it was called General Bullshit. Uh, people talk about, like, essay being a precursor to the internet. And the way it worked is, like, there was a main page of sort of like The Onion, but more racist. And then there were forums. And there was a main forum that was about the news and that sort of thing. One of the big jokes was that Jon Stewart was a goon. Because it would just be, like, news posts. And then everybody, for each news article thread, getting their, like, best riffs in. Uh, but then beneath that were sort of attached subforums, sort of like subreddits, 
Only right. instead of like, I think when people use Reddit now, they have their like 15 subreddits and none of them ever contact each other. Yeah. But back in like the day. Back, it, good. Yeah. Yeah. So back in the day, like sort of general bullshit was like the top of the pile. And that was sort of where you landed always. Like that was your page. And then you would go to your specific interests. But like the funniest stuff, well, funny, like the, the most, you know, relevant or new thing would be in GBS. And that's where all of your hot takes would be. And it was sort of this weird because you were there ostensibly for like your sub forum with sports or anime or whatever, but everyone kind of mingled at the front. And I think that, you know, when you really look at like the early days of something awful, that's so changed now. It's like, there's really not that on the internet anymore as far as like, um, you know, just like general information or interest stuff. Everything's so like balkanized and split up now that you don't get a chance to talk about, you know, a nine-year-old anime girl with a spirit of a of a ten thousand-year-old demon. So it's not really pedophilia. Plus, someone who knows every draft pick the Panthers have made since nineteen ninety-five. Um, they never really mix anymore, and I think we've lost we've lost something there. There was something to sort of um, the rigid hierarchy, like a, a sort of internet fascism, where like if you were on the forums. Um, and they, this was something that is honestly brilliant, was originally it was open to everybody. And what they discovered was that resulted in like eight-year-olds and like literal children showing up, registering as many accounts as they want, <laughs> getting banned for, you know, being literal children on the web in 2001, you know. And, and they just keep coming back. People do gimmick accounts where they're like, oh, I got a really good idea. Or what if, what if every time uh, someone talks uh, about Newt Gingrich, I come in my pants and that's my post. And that's a terrible joke. You should not be allowed to do that. But people just keep coming up with these one-note jokes and joining with their juvenile humor. Uh, and so Lotex decided, like, how do we put in a firewall? And the answer was, well, what do kids not have? Credit cards. So we'll have a nominal fee... I mean, nowadays kids do have credit cards. Like that's, I saw a Bank of America ad that was like, teach your kid the value of credit by getting them a kitty credit card. But back in the day, that was sort of, we weren't there yet as a society. And so the idea was, uh, if you had enough know-how and the means to spend $10 on an account, you could get on these private forums where hundreds of thousands of other adults were uh, and sort of do your riffs, but with some investment. Because if you got banned, you were out unless you ponied up another $10. So it was like, if you want to be insufferable, you, there's going to be a tax, an insufferability tax. A very low tax. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly exactly the sort of joke that Felix Biederman would have bullied you into suicide for making and fire. <laughs> By the way, he was right to do so. We'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> In a little bit. But yeah, no, Brad, the thing I really liked was um, the rules were like strictly enforced. You could get probated for being a shithead. In some forums, you could be kicked out for being too unfunny. Uh, and because of that, people were not on their best behavior, but one step up from their worst behavior. Right. Yep. And, and generally, go ahead. Yeah, when you look at today, how, you know, what's happening on various parts of the internet, and they're like, how do we, how do we fix this? How do we control it? Uh, I mean, we figured that out 20 years ago. You have completely uh, arbitrary rules enforced by volunteers, <laughs> and you make people pay to post. And it's not perfect, but it worked, kind of. 
Yeah, Uber fought tooth and nail against having people have to put in credit card information for the record for like, not in America, but internationally. They like were against that idea up until like 2018 or 2017. Like they wanted you to be able to not have to have a credit card in like Rio, you know. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> it just resulted in a bunch of cabbies getting murdered, of course. Wait, how how was that supposed to be paid though? Like with cash. So you had drivers with lots lots of cash on them driving around to any place you, you dropped a pin. Okay, so it was basically like an app just to get taxis and then you gave them cash, which is what you do. Okay, what Uber? Anyway, sorry. Great app. Great job, boys. So uh to what you're saying, Brad, what I really miss about SA something awful was that I don't know why I defined that in case, in case you're this far in already. And you're just like, these guys aren't talking about South, South Africa at all. I mean, the part about cabbies getting murdered for their cash that tracks, but the rest of it, what, what are these goon talk? Um, I, I really miss the idea of like a message board, a self-contained thing. Like the idea that, Sure, like because it was it was rigidly controlled. There was a bunch of sub forums, but they were all beneath general bullshit. The news forum. So if you wanted to do essentially proto Twitter, and be like, oh Hillary Clinton, whatever, and do your dumb riffs, you would have to go to general bullshit to do it. But you might spend all your time uh, when you want to talk about sports in the appropriate sports forum. And if mm-hmm. you went into other forums and sort of took things off topic or disrupted the flow of conversation, they'd be like, this isn't the place for it. All you have to do is post in the appropriate spot. And and so General Bullshit, the main forum for Something Awful, really did become like a sort of egalitarian clearinghouse where everybody who, maybe they spent most of their time on the crackhead clubhouse, uh, the, the drug subforum that inadvertently introduced AMT MEO5 into the North American ecosystem. <laughs> and I think at one point killed numerous people because they're just like, I'm going to put Butterfinger in my heroin to get the crispity, crunchity hit. <laughs> and instead of people going like, that's a terrible idea, we're just like, post picks. <laughs> yeah. No, dozens of people doing it with you. Yeah. But those, yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah. And you just don't have like that, um, you don't have that like character or personality anymore. You know what I mean? Because even if you were in GBS, like if you sucked at posting in GBS, you were gone. They would just ban you. Because if you weren't funny or, you know, you were racist or something, or, well, too racist back then, you know, um, a lot of <laughs> us would be embarrassed and ashamed of like some of the things that, you know, were funny in early 2000. But um, it's, it's, you don't have that anymore. It's all just sort of become the same schlock everywhere there was like an impetus on you to provide value by being funny first and foremost and that was that was valued in a way that you know you didn't really get a lot of it you couldn't just call someone out for the most part if you did it you had to at least be funny about it mm-hmm. everything was kind of based on that humor question so i was gonna say grim how did how did you originally find something awful because uh, my bud yeah. My bud was a goon, um, and he was one, like, he was, like, a real early one, and he was just kind of a lurker. He almost never posted. He was he just loved reading the forums, and I put it off for years, and then eventually I, uh, I saw something in, like, the traditional games, and someone made me really mad with their opinion about the upcoming fourth edition or some shit. Absolute dipshit. Absolute idiot. 
By the way, were you pro or anti fourth edition D&D? I loved fourth. Fuck you. <laughs> a base perversion of a, a absolutely fine third edition rule set. You want to talk fifth edition? Yeah. You know what? Times have changed. We need to update some things. But fourth edition, I knew you were a pervert, bro. Oh, yeah. I love fourth edition. I love it deep. Did you guys post on any forums before essay or was it your first forum? Oh, yeah. I did like Photoshop forums all the time. And there was a Photoshop contest. And that's part of how my bud hooked me was he was like, hey, people are saying dumb things about role playing games on here. And you can Photoshop and compete with Photoshop contests. And I was like sold. Like so, I said, yeah. I, I think there was a Dave Matthews message board and a couple yeah, of like, sports it. related message boards. <laughs> Nothing crazy. So this is something that I I really, you know, I don't want to be like back in my day, but I really think it, it was a better, healthier ecosystem despite all the bullshit it came with and sort of the, the Hobbesian sense of like be funny or die, be able to be a socially competent person or get banned and like put money up. I remember when I was a kid, right? Like I was on the internet very early, just making terrible mistakes. And I loved the idea of forums because they were all discrete fiefdoms, fiefdoms. And like, of course they were ruled by like petty tyrants, you know, and people were always like the goddamn moderators. But as a child, as a minor, there was something actually liberating about the fact that you could, for example, no reason to uh, just picking a random one out of the, the sky here. There was no reason uh, to like not join the Shadowbane MMO beta forums and make 10,000 posts as yourself and like sort of discover who you were and make your mistakes within a walled garden that you knew as an MMO forum was not long for this world. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I mean, I was banned or like told to like, hey, you got to change your behavior uh, by in so many small communities before I found something awful. Uh, I, I was banned from a vampire role playing channel. I was banned. I was banned from <laughs> from Shadowbane uh, because I, I thought uh, chaos wizards were the only true class, and I wanted everyone in the female-only Amazon class subforum to know about it. And like, do I look back with pride on this? No. But the difference is, it didn't matter. There, you knew that these like UBB forums were there for the moment, and then they were gone once their purpose was served. And as someone whose brain is not fully formed, someone who is like trying to figure out who they are, both in real life and online. There was a, a, a liberatory aspect yeah. to it. I genuinely yeah. feel bad for kids these days. And I, oh, yeah. I know some of them uh, where like they, you know, you see them on Twitter where it's like, I've been on Discord since I was nine years old in the same communities, making my mistakes and just like letting them fester forever, cultivating oneself in the eyes of other adults online and setting sort of a permanent record in community from a point in your life where you should not have permanence, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, completely. Hey, yeah, go for it, Grim. No, I was just saying that's absolutely I, – I feel so bad for the kids these days because everything they do is on blast with each other. And it's total, you know, social media panopticon for all of them. And, like, kids don't do well with a panopticon. They kind of need their own little, like you said, walled gardens of innovation. 
you know. And the other thing about too is like, you know, like you said, Rob, you know, this is gone. This forum is not going to stand the test of time. And so, um, you know, you got used to like, oh, it's banned. Well, fuck. And you see a lot of these kids that like get blocked on Twitter. And now, you know, they seem like I'm looking for 15,000 of my closest friends. Where did everybody go? I said, like, I don't know. You know, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't know what the impact of that is or in there. I can't understand that. But they, they never sort of got that, um, that lesson of like, it's fine to get banned. No big deal. And you sort of see this too, uh, on the other end of the spectrum where like the boomers who are now so obsessed with their online presence and doing that shit, instead of like, you know, instead of being like teenagers, no real power, they go out and they vote for Trump and they feel they turn into political issues because someone told them to shut the fuck up on Facebook marketplace. I, uh, I was listening to an old episode of the F plus and they were reading, uh, a, a, a BB source forum called, uh, Mexicans and it was one of their first episodes and the entire episode, it was, uh, they made it in like 2000, I want to say 12 or 13. And the entire time they're like, you know, thank God these people have zero political power and they're never going to get a guy in office. And it is wild because it was just all boomers who were just vehemently racist and like getting mad about their kids saying stuff on Facebook in 2012, 2013. Yeah. It's one of those things. And Go ahead. And, the, and there was this other thing. This, this is more like, something that you learned that we learned, I feel, and that was how not to put certain things on the internet after a certain point. Um, you know, you need, you need, you need to think twice about doing this. And you look at the boomers, especially like they will just say the most abhorrent shit and just leave it right out there. And you look at them on Twitter and they've got their name, their address, their phone number, like where they work. And they're right next to like a list of their favorite slurs or whatever. And I just like, you, you miss this something where you do not do that. Like I, you shouldn't be doing it, obviously, but like the comfort that certain people have, um, because back in something awful, like if you did something this shitty, you'd have been run off for it. Like, and you'd have been out $10, which is more consequence than any of these people have ever experienced in their lives. And there was also a certain amount of like safe fear, like because the Malou was so, I guess what we'd call today toxic, but like that was sort of standardized. You signed up, you got your credit card and you bought into it, so you knew what you were getting into, it made you question, like, huh. Like, I, you know, outside of certain sub-forums, you would think for one second before posting something because you'd be like, there's a lot of killers in this room. It reminds me, <laughs> oh, God, I, yeah. I wish I was dead. It reminds me of, like, the comedy seller where, like, yes. Kevin Hart used to be bullied <laughs> relentlessly because he'd go up there and be like, yeah, you ever notice how short people? Hey, Sha Shaquille O'Neal, I can't. I I stand next to him. It's like his dick's on my head. And like Patrice and Dave Attell in the first row would just be like, "Yuck, boo!" Throw up a phone book and be like, "Read that. It's got better material." And that was always back of your mind that like these people do not have my best interests in mind. And there was a sort of like subtle innate coaching that went on where it's like, you know what? Probably not a good idea to post my address. Just wondering if any mutuals want to show up to my birthday party. That shit would get you in trouble there. And so you, <laughs> yeah. as it would in the wider world. And so you learn not to do that. Um, just going back for a, a second, the, the sort of walled garden aspect it kind of protected you from the, both the wider world when you were like young uh, but also like the pernicious aspects of the algorithm. Because yeah, you could rate threads, but you weren't just out there 
at the mercy of some algorithm that might put you in front of way too many people than you should be put in front of, arguably, at any age. When I go on Twitter, I see people that... I've seen literal teenage girls get retweet or get quote-tweeted and dunked on by, like, Matt Taibbi, Mehdi Hassan. And it's just like, that it seems extremely damaging. And when you know that can happen... Like it, it's forming you in a way that it is really stifling to a sort of self-expression that might lead somewhere sort of interesting. Um, also not for nothing. If you went for a job interview, right? Like nowadays, literally, uh, Brad, you, I think you've talked about this before. Uh, yeah. Here in New York, if you go to auditions as an actor, people will want to know how many social media followers you have and your... Uh, and your like Twitter address because the idea yeah. is if I'm just hiring a no name, why would I not hire a no name with like seventy thousand followers? They can share right. and project this thing socially. Uh, the the thing now that people do where they're like locking my account because I'm going for job interviews that never used to be a problem before. People no. people never wanted to see your fark.com post history when you went for a job because everything was just so niche. Like, like imagine matter. going in 2009, going for a job interview, and they were like, we'd like to talk about your posting history, Rob. Uh, <laughs> we have 10 specific questions we would like to ask you. And there's no time limit to these responses. Just, you know, just relax. We, we, we just have some concerns. You wouldn't even stay for the interview. <laughs> you would just leave. It was fine back then. I didn't use an R. It was... <laughs> Yeah, explain your username, and I have to launch into like a 10-minute thing about how Lotax changed my username four times because he he thought maybe if I give you new nomenclature, you won't be so fucking annoying. Spoilers, didn't work out. Now you're dead and I'm alive, so... That was the like uh one thing uh, the thought was that like, well, at least it's on something awful because, you know, no matter what happens 10, 20 years from now someone probably will not be able to, <laughs> the search button will be broken anyway, and someone won't be able to like research you at all. But then of course it did happen because Andy No, that fucking fascist. What? Uh, did go on LF, and not LF, uh, C-SPAM, and found uh, a, le- a leftist history and implicated that forum in uh, one, some murder or something like that. Yeah. Andy No trolls C-SPAM now, so that's wonderful. Here's the thing. That pisses me off because I'm not a fan of Andy No because he publishes like kill lists for fascists, blah, 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 blah. But I do kind of feel like if you're on C-SPAM or LF in the year of our Lord Christ, 2022, you do deserve what you get. (laughs) So what was, let's, so this is something we talked about how like, yeah, you have these sub forums and these interest points, but and we're definitely going to talk about how ADTRW uh, got a president. Turned into fortune. It got yeah. a president elected. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and, you know, so there's a beautiful thing where everyone, they all meet together to riff on the current events, but then they can go deeper in these sort of unmolested sub forums where they can just be themselves and talk to like-minded people. Uh, mine was FIAD. Uh, what was, I mean, you have 10 million posts, Brad, what was C-SPAM and what was LF and does that have any connection to the way people sort of engage online now? Absolutely. LF probably more than C-SPAM. Um, but again, the the, li- the, t- the listener here uh, can't read and in at least 25% of the cases can't parse sentences spoken out loud. So okay. the, what is LF? What is C-SPAM? 
LF was a subforum of the debate and discussion forum that came up in around 2007, 2008. Um, it was to take, it was to basically take all the posts about Ron Paul and put them into one specific place. This was 2008 for a lot of the generation that posted on something awful was really sort of their like, um, sort of like coming of age election for a whole lot of reasons. Um, Iraq was just, you know, falling apart, like political, a lot of, a lot of things came together and we all had, we were all stupidly optimistic about Barack Obama. Anyway, this forum, uh, that would eventually become LF. It was called Lese's fair. And I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but it went hard left, like performatively hard left, like, uh, Maoist third worldism far left, just trying to, you know, uh, outstall an apologist each other, which, you know, I, 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 fair, I get it. Um, there were a lot of incredibly informative threads in there. There was a lot of really bizarre shit posting. Um, but if you look at sort of the, the dirtbag left that sort of became ascendant and roughly, you know, probably hit its stride in 2019 ish or so, um, with like the Chapo guys and things like that. I don't know how the line goes, but there's a direct connection between LF in 2008 and those Chapo guys sort of getting popular in the Trump presidency. And a lot of those guys posted on LF, or at least a couple of them did. Um, C-SPAN, LF eventually got closed. Um, too many, F- too many FBI uh, contacts. Yeah, well, that was the, that was the, that was the, ex- the, I don't know. There was a, I don't know exactly all the, the drama behind it. I know the mods hated it. Um, one mod specifically got made fun of constantly. That was Grover. Um, and he's sort of, we're going to get to him. We're going to get to him when we talk about famous goons, because because the thing is it really became the central clearinghouse for, if you want to be like funny or get attention on the internet, it was like the cool place. Uh, and let's just say that attracted a lot of people that weren't cool, but yeah. Uh, but C-SPAM today is sort of like the 2016 version of it, but they've somehow got a lot of the militant leftists out. Um, a lot of times what happens on something awful is when a, um, a certain forum just gets too problematic and is just massively banned. It starts a new offsite that either is good or bad. So, for example, ADTR, which I'm sure you're going to get to, uh, turned into 4chan, which very bad. Um, LF closing in true leftist fashion, uh, fractured into like a hundred different things that never went anywhere. Beautiful. Um, yeah. C-SPAM seems to be like it's spiritual, stupid little brother, um, air, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So ADTRW, the cool thing about it being a traditional forums was that you'd have something like, uh, grim cinema discusso. Like, how would you describe that forum? Uh, it's a, it's a bunch of, um, I mean, back in the day, it was mostly just a bunch of white kids with Netflix accounts who like, because of the sheer amount of movies they could consume were, uh, considering themselves like cinephiles and like critics and all that. But, you know, none of us were, we, you know, we were just kind of, just kind of shitty and making fun of each other's movie taste and whatnot. Now, what I remember about that forum was that you would have you know, so each thread is its own movie and they have different, you know, rankings like, oh, this one's really popular. A thing that a lot of people forget about something awful is while it didn't have the Reddit, like if you upvote, it goes to the top. You could rate on a scale of one to five golden man babies. Don't fucking ask. You're better not knowing uh, how good the thread was. So when you looked at the forum and you saw all the titles, you're like, oh, there's a good discussion going on here. 
or like you know the pulp fiction thread is rated like 1.15 and you're like nothing good is happening in here and you could just sort of pass it and and by the way that was something that really did encourage in that limited sort of you know it didn't go to the wider internet but it encouraged people to put effort in you know, because you, if you were too low effort, you'd get kicked out, of course, but high effort was rewarded and you would see threads in like the hobbyist sub forum from someone who maybe wasn't all that funny in general bullshit when they're talking about the news. But this person would just be like, everything you've wanted to know about woodworking. And they would post a book length primer with photos, with steps, with a Q&A and the questions on just like, you know, I, I want to make a, a wooden duck uh, for the end of my wizard rod because my Dungeons and Dragons character is a duck wizard. And this guy would be like, all right, buddy, here's what you're going to have to do. Here's the tools you need. It was very, like the amount of effort people put in for lack of a better outlet uh, was honestly inspiring. And some of the best like internet content I consumed uh, was from that sort of stuff. You know, the idea of Twitch, and this we'll get to this with the ADRTW, the anime place, but in a sort of positive way, Twitch owes, and so much of the internet owes uh, what it currently is to its roots and something awful. There was a forum in the games, or there's a sub-forum of the games forum that was called Let's Play. Because in the era before streaming, people would be like, let's play Persona, or let's play Baldur's Gate 2, uh, and I am going to let the audience decide what choices we make. And so someone would post with like 200 photos and like well-written prose what was going on in their game. You know, you see this with like Hearts of Iron and strategy games now yeah. where they were role-playing out a character where they would let the goons decide what the next step was. Again, no one had the bandwidth to actually like see it in real time, but over mm -hmm. the course of 20,000 posts and replies, People would just high effort their way into creating a choose your own adventure for people. And it turns out that was so addicting and people kept coming yeah. back for more that when technology caught up, a lot of those people were the first people on YouTube and then on Twitch yeah. doing the let's play, interacting with the chat, originally the forum posters and making things happen. And that was like sort of beautiful. I was just watching uh, with Christiane here, uh, Bill Filmaff. The, the something awful comedian who made fun of poker. And it's like, there was within the sports argument stadium where you posted a lot, Brad, there was a sub forum for poker. And there the, are some very successful people. Yeah. And, and they created like, their own private sub forum, which was, you know, blocked under a $10 paywall. But once you were in as a goon, you know, you could go in there and see people that would end up winning. I think there's like 15 World Series of Poker, like victory yeah. bracelets in that group. People just every day analyzing hands together, preparing their tournament strategies. And that was yeah. something where it really built a sense of like collective self. The idea that, you know, a lot of people aren't here aren't funny, but we're all trying our best. And if you have a niche interest you can find like-minded people with high quality control to engage in that stuff. If you still, if you, if you showed up in like the poker place and were like, uh, I love King Jack off suit, uh, because I'm a King Jack off, you would get banned. 
you would have to, they would refocus the conversation. And because of that, like people were able to launch into the real world with this community and, and achieve success because as much as people wanted to roast you in certain forums, and if you were a shithead, good faith effort was rewarded with good rankings and further good faith interaction. It kept people honest and that created, when you're honest and eager and committed, that creates good outcomes. There, there was also that aspect of not just good faith, but also not centering uh, like cults of personality. That like if you got too big for your britches and you were faking the good faith thing, people could kind of smell the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And that there was a level there. I, I don't know how to describe it. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, there was a level of like, you know, you could you could say something, but then there's ten people that are also in that thread that know exactly what they're talking about. And right. like you can only fake it so far before you get called out on it, you know. If you if you get too big for your your britches, so to speak. But you're talking about that community and like specifically with the poker, which is incredible. The other really funny thing that I noticed, you know, like 2005, 2006, was that if you were a something awful goon and you got into that, you had people to play video games with who were better than anybody else, and you could have a lot of fun just being better organized and better coordinated, especially in like 2008 World of Warcraft, just because you were part of Goon Squad and you knew like you were all on a team speak and you could fill an entire battleground and just slaughter people. And it was really fun. And it was, you know, it was like a, it was like a perk, you know, like, oh, it's you, you play with goons or, you know, you'd see people that would be horrified to see a goon squad come in because they knew like, oh, God, there's 30 of them here now and they're all just going to kill us all. Well, you know, sometimes that went wrong, though. Like, for example, one night in 2012, when you're uh, you're uh, organized and you're you're uh, being led by one of the moderators of something awful on EVE Online. And then they say, hey, something's happening right outside my door right now. And then they don't come back, and then they, you see they're dead in the news the next day in Libya. And okay, I was gonna. Jesus, I was. I was gonna save that for. Oh, actually, put a pin in that for one second. It's a little okay. teaser because uh, there were some famous goons for for better or worse. Uh, but no, I Brad, to your point, uh, there was a sort of inherent distrust of authority in a socially positive way. So if you read the latest uh, David Graeber book, Rest in Peace, and I don't, I would never recommend this, that you read this book, because there's like a lot of words and pages, almost no illustrations. Yeah. He's talking about ancient societies or whatever. There are like uh, pre-agrarian societies where, and you see some trace of them left today, where there were hunter-gatherers, and the material interests of such society uh, means that the people who are the best hunters, the best gatherers, have real value socially you know, and materially. And the way that these early societies would cope with that is they would own and socially ridicule the best hunters. So if you were bringing food back, that was great. But to just make sure you didn't get too big for your britches, they'd be like, oh, look at me. My spear's so good at hitting deer. Shut up, fucking idiot. <laughs> And something awful had a lot of that, where the moment you became a mod, someone would find out where you worked and just send like a very polite fax that was just like, uh, uh, attention executive branch, did you know this person sucks turds every single day? And you'd be like, you know what? I'm going to make sure I don't get out of line anymore because there's a real bottom-up check on this sort of shit. (laughs) But Grim, to your point, uh, what drew me to essay originally was actually that sort of collective action, which 
you, you know, you can over psychoanalyze this stuff, but it was really appealing to me that essay was both fun and funny. That's the thing that a lot of people lose when they talk about how toxic it was or whatever. There would be dumb stuff. You know, the corporations especially in Web 1.0, they're always developing apps and trying to be like, put your email in to join this cool thing. And I remember there was one, it might have been MTV or whatever, they built like a dating game app where you could go in as like the host and be like, and, and get three randomly generated people who are signed up. And they would ask them questions like, if I were an ice cream, what kind of ice cream would I be? And the goons would discover that Posted in, in GBS, general bullshit, and go, if anyone wants to get on tonight at 7 p.m., let's meet the love of our lives. And all these amateur comedians would join up and just post the most, like, funny one-liners as answers to all that. And so for, like, three hours, you would just have one of the funniest, like, comedy specials. Like, it, today, if, if Eric Andre penetrated a, a dating game and absolutely ruined it, it would be great. But back in the day, we had that. And then the next day, uh, somebody would take screen caps and on the front page, all the best riffs would be highlighted. And if you were just a random punter, you know, reading the main page, you'd be like, these guys are so funny. I would have a funny riff for that setup too. How do I get involved and end up becoming a goon, uh, registering and, you know, for better or worse, trying your hand at it and finding out in a safe environment is this something uh, that I'm good at or not? Is this something I enjoy or not? To your point, uh, something awful got into EVE Online in a major way, and their coordination was such that they took over the entire game. You can read, actually, go on YouTube, and there are fascinating seven-hour-long documentaries about how something awful just showed like PhD up. PhD-level analysis of like how something awful took over EVE Online. Yeah, because there were all these people that had, you know, you had professional accountants, stockbrokers, military people, and they would all find their niche in this organization where, and in typical something awful fashion, they called it Goon Swarm. And what they realized is there was an opportunity in buying the absolute cheapest ships in this game. And being as annoying as possible because the only thing that those entry-level ships can do is like tag other ships with a grappling hook. And so people will be playing this game, you know, as like not the Third Reich clan and like bring their dreadnoughts in to mine who gives a shit. And then all of a sudden Goon Swarm would show up all riffing out the dumbest one-liners possible and they'd get hit by a thousand one dollar ships all shooting grappling hooks on them and just freak out and again that would go on the front page and it would teach people like if you have fun and collectivize and join up with your buddies it doesn't matter what your level of investment is you can get stuff done against much larger foes and that was just yeah. so appealing to me i wanted to be a part of it yeah so I remember I was recruited to Goon Swarm from a different forum, and because I was like, yeah, I kind of want to know what this Eve game is. It looks fun or whatever. And somebody like sent me a prep message um, from Sports Argument City. He's like, yeah, I play. I'll show you how. And like got me involved. And they had this huge primer about how to join Goon Swarm. They had to teach you how to do their attacks and everything. And like you had to join training missions. You had to do so many training missions for it to let you go on a mission. And this guy, like he was, I mean, he was. It was just a sense of community. He was like, here's a hundred thousand isk or whatever here's what you need to do here's what you knew he's like we don't want anyone i know you i've seen you post like i can trust you to have some responsibility and i never like got into it. i didn't think it was that 
fun at all. It was a very boring game. Uh, anyway, that guy was Vile Rat, and okay. now he's gone. <laughs> so, so goons had this esprit de corps that made them think that anything was possible, and in this like web 1.0 world, like it sort of felt like with a critical mass of people, you could do anything. And so there were always, I mean, like month by month, ideas where people were so fascinated with the power of collective action that are just like, there's a decommissioned aircraft carrier currently sitting in New York Harbor. It only costs 300000 I think the goons should get together and buy it and create the SS goon. And it's like, inevitably, these things went nowhere. They tried to buy an island. I think someone tried to create a goon homestead in Hawaii. There were there yes. were there were positive things too. Um, yeah, somebody with no in, no no experience whatsoever uh, in any structural or engineering or anything like that got several people to go to Hawaii to just build a plantation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be an ecological yoga retreat, and uh, the. The only footage left is them clear cutting the the forest in Hawaii. I think my favorite, you know, this this yeah, these things creep up on Twitter every now and then, and uh, like in a hey, remember when sense. But man, do you guys like the one that always comes back to me is where some guy randomly like got a summer camp and decided to oh, build yeah. uh, a zip line for like 12 year old kids and this person had no experience building this and it was one of those like you're gonna get shit on here and he posted the um the schematics and somebody who could just crunch the numbers on like from a physics uh, perspective was like you're gonna basically like butcher every single child that goes down this thing and it was it was just it was just constant shitting on this dude and he built the fucking thing like that's the amazing thing and people like please don't do this and the one-liners again you know, the one-liners from this project, what, check ignition and may God's love be with you. (laughs) (laughs) For $100 a day, we'll throw your child off a mountain. Uh, So just like quick aside, that was in a a lot of ways, like uh, something awful became Twitter because they had a regular feature, which is at the bottom of every like the onion style satire article and like you said they do your band sucks they would do like fashion swat where they'd look at like modern or or vintage fashions and make fun of it there was always at the bottom the awful link of the day that was just like the absolute worst of web 1.0 stuff where it's like people are vastly oversharing and speaking of this is so awful uh speaking of one-liners this will always stay with me there was a website uh dedicated to women who prematurely birth harlequin fetuses oh god yes that's with, <laughs> I with know extremely the line. graphic photos and you're just like well these women yeah. have been through a lot like what's their issue but the thing is the webmaster was also extremely racist and terrible you know like like would begrudge other people with children for not going through this like perfect twitter like i'm the i'm the ultimate victim stuff here I just remember one of the uh, the one-liners when this woman like registered to yell at people on the Something Awful forums. Someone was just like, please stop fucking. Your toxic womb is making heaven too crowded. It's crowding heaven, yes. <laughs> Truly. Your poisoned womb is crowding there heaven. It is. Yeah. Uh, but 
It was one of it was the proto Twitter thing where morally good, bad, or neutral, there was always new content each day uh, that people would have a thread to riff in. Unlike Twitter, you could be you know digitally executed for being poor at it, but yeah, and you were just real fast. I wanted to I mentioned this because um, you know we're sort of like in a time now. I think we're like the idea of a of like a night show or like a, the, a tonight show or whatever is sort of passe. I don't really see the need for it anymore. Yeah. Like both structurally and just in general, they're not that funny. And, and I think the reason being is for like, if, if you're on Twitter and a news article gets posted, uh, you know, within a minute you have 10 hysterical responses just completely off the top of people's heads from like somebody with like 13 followers who primarily posts about bread. And so like the idea that these people who are on these like, you know, night shows have these incredibly funny writers and things like that, or they're whatever. That's, it's just not, there's funny people everywhere. Like you're just, it's just a combination of opportunity and luck, but back in something awful, like, you know, the first 30 pages, 30 posts, like that was people knew that like, if they're going to try to make a funny joke, like you got to do on the first page. And you saw even back then, like, God damn, there are funny people just everywhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to wait till 10 o'clock to see Conan to get some, like, funny one-liners about the day's news. Like, I can just go right on, and it's there. And it's funnier, because they can use swears or whatever. And I think, like, with Twitter today, you're seeing that, what we all sort of figured out 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, to that point, the most... Um... Hold on a second. I'm, I'm going to rock a piss and grab a beer. I encourage you guys to do the same. Everyone good? I think this is a great time to talk about Fayad. I think you have a lot of problems here. I'm trained as a cop. What, what's your advice, officer? Baggies. I've seen these before. You know, this is evidence. Evidence of a doom house. A doom house? A doom Officer, what, what can I do? Well, my advice to you as a cop is to move out of here. That's the only path I can see you taking. This will eat you up. And you'll die. And then you'll be in a graveyard. A doom house? When you talk about how uh, something awful proved that there wasn't a need for like late night hosts and writers from Harvard and that actually the wisdom of the crowds could produce funny stuff. Uh, before I got to something awful, this is a true, nobody will get this reference because everyone who would has died many eons ago. But when I first got on America online, there were, there was a company that had two sub branches. Uh, there was ant online which was a gamer site, a gamer channel, not even on the World Wide Web, a gamer channel where, you know, there was a PlayStation one, a Nintendo one, and they had war rooms where you could join a chat room and just type P PSX, more like PS sucks over and over and over, utilizing like Havoc and Fate tools, like Juarez uh, shit to <laughs> like, 
Got a punter. Yeah, you got a punter. You got a freezer. You're, you got a freaker. I don't even know what that is. You had um, uh, phishing tools where it would instant message everybody. Hi, I'm Steve Case from AOL. I need your account number so I cannot get free AOL for the next 18 months. <laughs> but you would go in there and just be like, N64, more like N60 bore. And that was fun for like the first six months, I'll be honest, year that I was on America Online as a child. <laughs> Again, another walled garden where no evidence exists. You got, you got those yayas out and moved on. Uh, but their partner site was called Hecklers Online. Um, and if you were a real fan, you put that in your username, like H-O Jabba the Hut or whatever cool name you thought you had. Um, my first username was Jabba the Hut themed. I just thought he was a pimp. I stand by that now. You can't dissuade me. If you'd like to, hit me on Twitter, but you will lose. Um, and so Hecklers Online, what they would do is a proto-Twitter where there would be news stories and then in the chat room, they'd be like, oh, guess what? Uh, Bill Clinton just played the saxophone on Arsenio Hall. What else could Bill Clinton do on Arsenio Hall to raise his popularity? And then everyone in the chat would just throw their right. shit out. And I'll be honest, a lot of them were unfunny. But they would assign points like at midnight for the people that were doing the best riffs. And at the end of the night, whoever had the most points would get like real money. They would send you a gift certificate or something. And that was like a pretty good positive incentive. Um, and something awful sort of, and especially FIAD, subforum, fuck you and die, um, where a lot of people who are now like guardian editors got their start on because <laughs> inshallah one day the something awful forums will be deleted and finally they'll be able to pursue their best selves and run for Congress or whatever. Um, what something awful realized is like, yeah, positive reinforcement is good, but like you've already paid to be here, so... You know, you're you're willing to just give up something for absolute nothing. What if we did negative reinforcement? And Fiad was a place, very self-selecting, um, where it was the forum for shit posting and gross images. That was what it was labeled as. And when you went in there, Lotax, the moderator, would not ban you. The normal rules did not apply. It was people entering in a Hobbesian comedy state. And the beautiful part about it was every month they would nominate someone for execution. It didn't matter if you deserved it or not, but if you came in and riffed and your posts were just irritating enough, they would kick you off of the site. So it's high risk, high reward. Like it was inarguably one of the funniest parts of something awful. It had, I think, a certain type of like clout because of that. But you really risked real money if your if your riffs were bad. Um, Something awful for a moment was one of the biggest BitTorrent and piracy websites, uh, and uh, you know a, a website that I have to say for uh, in-group reasons no longer exists and does no longer provide a great service even fucking fifteen years later. <laughs> See how nervous people get? They know the rules on this shit. Um, yeah, don't talk. Don't yeah. talk. I'm not talking about it. There's no it. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> I, like a something awful account used to have real value. So when they were doing like BitTorrent stuff, um, I remember I gave one of my high school friends a something awful account for his birthday. And that gave him access to like the, the, the proto pirate bay 
on the site. And he's like, this is great, man. Like this is an era before streaming services where you really did have to like go see the movie. You really did have to. There wasn't Steam. You had to you had to buy the CD. Yeah. You had to listen to the radio. There was no other option. So you did not feel bad torrenting it. Yeah. If you wanted to play a video game, you had to go to Best Buy or Circuit City and purchase. I'm so old. Purchase like the five CD set. I remember Final Fantasy VII had like, no, Final Fantasy VIII had like four CDs that you had to consecutively mm-hmm. put in your PlayStation. And here was this. Uh, eight had three CDs. Call eight had four there. CDs. I know, CDs nuts. And so don't ever come at me on a Final Fantasy issue. <laughs> Seven has three. Yeah. Eight has four. Nine None has of it matters because 14 has the best single player story of the entire Final Fantasy series. And that's coming from the inventor of Tactics and both Final Fantasy three and Uematsu. Check out Final Fantasy fourteen if you haven't. It's a story that'll bring you to tears, but also elevate the beauty of life. The last chapter of... Free to to play. Free to play up uh, until Heaven's Ward. That's right. A free trial costs you nothing. And Heaven's Ward itself is already like a top 10 all-time single-player RPG. Is it a game game that (laughs) will, will elevate the human experience in a way you never thought possible in that medium? Yes. Is Shadowbringers a top three video game, second only to the original Half-Life in terms of impact? Yes. Is the final uh, expansion pack literally uh, an extremely Japanese 40-hour reflection on why you should or shouldn't kill yourself? I'll be honest, it is. (laughs) But back in those days, there was like physical media still reigned supreme. And so my friend, when he got an SA account, he had access to a does-not-exist torrent site uh, that was centered on something awful and needed you to link your something awful account. He was so excited. And then I remember I went over to his birthday party and he wanted to try out his new, uh, something awful account. And he was like, you post in fire. That's the funny site. Right. And I remember I encouraged him to try out some riffs there. <laughs> and on his birthday, he got immediately kicked out of Fiad and banned for doing a joke that was too lame for anyone to tolerate. And for the next, <laughs> for the next 15 years, he would message me like, Hey man, um, can you rip me a copy of Photoshop from your non-existent essay torrent site? Because as you know, my access was revoked from a very funny <laughs> rip. <laughs> so there were real stakes. Like, like if you went there and got banned, you were giving up like 15 years worth of piracy. You were giving up maybe $150,000 worth of media content consumed over many years. So like people were trying way harder than they were on Twitter, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's sort of funny because like, you know, I don't, I don't know how many younger people are going to listen to this, but like it was very difficult to get things unless you really knew how to use IRC or you were really sort of into news groups um or i guess if you were on like those early tech schools in like 2001 that had like t2 lines that you know everyone and those back before like the schools were stopping them from being used at all so when you went to download the new like limp biscuit chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water and you sorted it by internet speed you found that t1 line you were getting that at like 16 kilobytes a second like on something awful that was the only place you could get a lot of that stuff and if you got banned from there you're like what the fuck do i do now like go to best buy or go to electronics boutique like, mm. I haven't thought about this. Uh, this part is entirely uh, fiction, but uh, not Christiane here is a big fan of like Harry Potter stuff. 
and I guess there was a play that came out and for whatever reason, I haven't thought about this in years. I was like, I bet I could contact the, the something awful mafia today and get you a, a like cam with perfect audio of that Broadway play. And 10 minutes later it was delivered and we, and we watched <laughs> Harry Potter and the cursed child or whatever the fuck it was on Broadway. Allegedly the site doesn't exist, but like, so something awful really brought value. And if you wanted to post in Fiad, you knew what you were risking. Um, and the thing I loved about it, the thing that Twitter doesn't have, I, I was watching um, like home decor TikTok because I'm at the phase of my life where I don't have the testosterone to resist my girlfriend. And so I've watched a, a couple of these and I was watching one guy that's just fucking terrible. And I'm sorry, I'm not proud of this, but this is just what came, came to my mind. I, I was just like, this this motherfucker should be executed. Like, like, and I realized that in, in all sorts of content, there is a bottom 5% of people that if you just got rid of them would be better, right? Like in the, in the like gay interior design, super extra and telling you what is currently on trend for designing your apartment space, most people are absolutely delightful but there's just a certain percent that are never going to be anything other than obnoxious, right? And I'm not calling for genocide here, trademark, patent pending. This is self-policing. This is Kropotkin, <laughs> right? And I just think, and by the way, if anyone's just like, no, let me just say, if, if, if you exist in the world and you have a group of friends right now, maybe you have 20 friends, are you telling me right now if there was a raft, if there was a raft on a sinking ship with 19 <laughs> seats, you don't know who that person you'd make swim to shore would be. You do. And when it came to comedy riffing and Fiad, every month they would uh, ban someone or permanently kick them out from any sort of riffing. And I really, the Aztecs were right in all fucking realms of humanity. If you just kicked out the bottom 5% who volunteered to be there and are ruining it for everyone, life is better. And so Fayad had both the funniest people on earth with real threat motivating their riffs. So they thought for a second, <laughs> right? There was a, a, a Guardian editor who did a whole tell-all on the last day of the original Gawker that was like, I used to post in Fayad. Now I'm a professional. Let me tell you my story. And his story was just how uh, when he got his job, despite, you know, trying to... to take an honest living going forward. He had pissed off so many fired people and been so unfunny or bullied so many people that the guardian was getting like, are there stairs in your house? Kill yourself uh, messages all day. <laughs> and it's like, that was the thing. Like it was so fiercely, toxically self-policed that you had to be funny. And it created some of the best moments on the early internet. Like these were things that like, like the Photoshop contest, you know, like the invasions, like the, the FIAD riffs. There was like, in the same way that every day people are grasping for straws on Twitter for like a joke premise that everyone can take part in. That would... I'm right here, man. Yeah, but hurts. I mean, that's, that's a dynamic that's fun. <laughs> and what made it actually not insufferable on FIAD was you would have 10 of these premises a day and the people who were consistently unfunny at the end of the month would go up for trial in front of the community and have to defend themselves being so valueless there. 
I mean, it, it, look, if, if Twitter had that right now, it's a better Twitter. You know what I mean? Because there, oh, there yeah. is humor in the masses. Like, you don't need a writer, but you also don't need every psychotic, literally schizophrenic person on Earth posting riffs every single time Hillary Clinton is mentioned because they think Matt Chrisman might potentially see their post. It's, it's a cleaner world. That's all I'm saying. I agree. Uh, that's totally... The self-enforcement is very real and had some very good upsides. And I think one you mentioned it earlier, too, there was... I remember there was a, day, a period on The Daily Show for like nine months where one of the writers really was just going to LF every day and taking jokes verbatim. Um, we've seen the same thing with like SNL and Come Down, of course. But the Something Awful one was funny because people would even start trying to guess which like thread of the day is going to have a bunch of shit curb from it for the show. And sure enough, it, each time it was pretty on point. Yeah. The thing is people don't have the context. Like yes, SNL steals from come town because they can generate premises and get relentlessly bullied if they have bad premises. Um, and then they can take that and make it work safe. Uh, when people joke, uh, not joke, I guess when people try to get mad at like Felix Biederman for, uh, pushing people into suicide and fiad. He was right to do so. People knew the cost going in. <laughs> and there were really, there were people that saw fiad as like the cool place to hang out and where all the best jokes were, but contributed absolutely nothing. But like selfies and like, hey, look at me. Or like they'd make 40 premises in a row that they thought were really funny, but were all just about them. And you'd be like, the monthly ban is not enough for you. You must leave. You are ruining everyone's time. And because it was like people bought into it knowingly, it was hard to feel too bad about people getting bullied. There's a sign on the door that said, if you're annoying here, you'd get bullied. And then when people got bullied, they're just like, how could this have happened? Read the sign. It was a different cut. Sorry, Brad, am I wrong? What, what was uh, what was your interfacing with that particular subform? I was never, I never had the courage to go into Fia. That looked very scary to me. Uh, it was pink and blue. I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't get the jokes. I wasn't a good enough poster to be in Fia. I knew from a very young age that I was not funny enough to post in Fia, and I didn't get it anyway. And you know what? The system worked. Exactly. It was. You're you're yeah, out here saving like, no, lives I don't need now. To be in here. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing great. Yeah, you know, and that was that was why when people would come in and be like, they're so mean there. It's like every normal person recognized that going in and said, No, thank you. <laughs> it's it's like it's like the, the Proud Boys that go to Ukraine now and they're like, They're shooting rockets at us. It's like, what the fuck did you expect? What did you think war was There's like? Definitely There's definitely a through line for Goon Swarm to Azov. I gotta say <laughs> not, not wrong. Front. Uh, no, yeah, the, I cheated and just lurked in, in Fiat. I went, I made maybe like 20 posts in there over like, you know, nine. And I bet they were good so posts. Was, I bet you thought them through. They were, but I, they weren't the worst. So they were, they were very mid tier. Anyway, all this is to say that, uh, apology, uh, for internet bullies within Fiat. <laughs> it's not for nothing that. Everyone who used to post in Fiat now has a media career in New York, London, or L.A. Because these people were yep. used to just being trashed constantly until they produced something worthwhile. 
Uh, but that collective action had, you know, less uh, predatory or dangerous outcomes. I want to talk about some, like, famous goons. And, Wait, real yeah. fast. Is it true that Glenn Greenwald got run out of five out? Is that a rumor that, sounds, that has any... That sounds so correct. I don't know if it's true. It's true yeah. now. Like, I really do think, like, at one point, Glenn Greenwald was, like, I, you know, whatever. I, I sort of got to have heard that somewhere. I don't know. I don't know who's told I, I have that. heard that, too, but I don't know if it's true. Yeah. But it's true enough. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like he just he just never got over um, being told to shut the fuck up and fire. No, it, it's it's perfect. Like Fiad was a perfect system because there were an, every person there was an antibody against you getting too big for your britches. Like if yes. you were very or getting a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, but like if you were one of, like a Glenn Greenwald loves himself. Like if you were a narcissist. It was very hard to be funny enough to cover up what everyone was seeing. And so you'd get pressed out like a fucking white blood cells uh, attacking an infection for your inherent derangement. And that produced a better yeah. ecosystem. It didn't reward that sort of stuff like Twitter does now. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and also, you really couldn't complain. It, you know, it was always funny when someone would say, oh, FIAD was being mean to me. It's like, okay, what does FIAD stand for? Tell me what FIAD stands for. Oh fuck you and die! But still, it's like no, dude. You, it's on the door. It, they're telling. It's like come town. It's self-regulating just in the name, you know. Not everything is for everyone. Another great lesson for kids to learn. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there were there were less hardcore like like collective actions, and some of which were genuinely sweet. I remember on something awful. Uh, we're gonna get to some interesting ones now. There were innocuous ones, like there was a fiesta cat. So basically, during the Beanie Babies era, some, they tried to make a something awful branded Persian cat with a little something awful hat, and it took them. A, Is that what that was? Yeah, it took them a prox. I, I never knew what it actually was. Yeah, and so everyone signed up for it, like, "Hey, goon solidarity!" And like most uh, solidarity endeavors, it took eight years to deliver a single malformed plushie. Uh, that one didn't go too well. One that went better is when something awful goons were deployed to Iraq without body armor. Yes. Something awful actually successfully fundraised and would send body armor to the infantry there if you were a poster. So if you're outside like Fallujah back in the day, um, all of your buddies are in non-up-armored Humvees wearing like essentially you know, cotton canvas ass fatigues. And then the one guy who happened to post on like the anime forum would be walking in like cyber warrior 2047 and like a full <laughs> night suit of armor. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Grover got mad at it by the way, because he was like, this is propaganda that the uh, military is not giving people enough armor, which was really fun. Keep on around that same time. Grover was lying about being in the military and telling goons to recruit and get, uh, and was recruiting goons to go to their local recruitment offices. It's it, the Grover thing's even funnier on the premise of like his actual job, like as an adult, his actual job was the kind of thing most people would really want and would be bragging about as opposed, but it didn't have the, like the valor of being a soldier. So he like lied about being a soldier. Okay. I'm, I got to rock a piss really quick. Do me this favor for the interest of time. Can you explain why Grover is famous and why vile rat is famous? <laughs> uh well grim which one do you want grover or uh, Vile? i'll take uh i'll take uh grover go for it so grover was this hyper reactionary 
moderator slash he was a moderator too right i remember he used oh to yeah be oh yeah yeah he, he was a moderator who was just obsessed with authority and uh he he stole valor all the time and in reality he was like he was literally like a raytheon like electrical engineer making yeah, he like was, yeah, mad he was a contractor yeah he was making mad bank and it's one of those things where as an adult be like hell, hell yeah man you're making a lot of money that's awesome but he he wanted the valor and it so he kept pretending to be like a troop but trying to explain why he had so much money every now and then and he would ban people who were kind of smelling how like full of shit he was and mm-hmm. he eventually built his house in a swamp in virginia well, no he bought a house so he, yeah i thought oh he bought a house yeah, that's right he bought right. a house he bought a decided house. to build an addition to it and this is right and this man had absolutely no experience uh designing or building a house any of the requisite knowledge he had none of it and he posted What's worse by the way yeah oh sorry no no i mean he posted a a a a step-by-step of him going through this process and several people who were contractors or engineers or structural engineers or whatever uh, were telling him like do not do this you do not have the knowledge and he just did not listen and every now and then this thread pumps up on twitter and you can just download or uh, google search grover house and everything comes in and it was just a wonderful like like journey through hubris of a guy it, like who who it, n- never faced any consequences on this website <laughs> just getting it, shit all over for that fucking house he tried to build for himself. There was so much stuff in there that um and the best part is it started off with people giving him shit but they weren't even giving him shit they were like hey you're, you're telling us what you're going to do here but what you really need to do is x y and z and he would just ignore it outright. Yeah. He would be like I don't care if you're a contractor, you don't know what you're doing. Like, that doesn't make sense. Why would me cutting through one I-beam really matter? Can I, can I just know? say, that was one of the, the beautiful things about Something Awful. And also, Fiad is at, at the end of the day, these are like misfits. Like, I just watched a documentary about uh, GoonCon 2004, where it was like novel that people from the internet would meet. And they couldn't post because there wasn't like Wi-Fi regularly available yet. And so there's all these people that are like good-hearted misfits and even in FIAD, like it wasn't like people were just like, kill yourself immediately. People would take the time to go like, hey, man, um, so when someone posts like a, a news article or a joke, ask yourself, what is the gift you're giving to people? Like, how are you making other people happy instead of just like drawing attention to yourself? And I think if you do that, people will kind of be cool with it. And there were people that just were not interested in that at all. These people would not take advice no matter what. And so they became main characters, <laughs> not because they made one like ill-conceived tweet at two in the morning, but because over a period of 16 weeks, people were just like, I'm not sure particle board is a good flooring. And they'd be like, what the fuck do you know, newbie? Delete your account. And you're like, you know what? Now I want you to do it. One of my favorite ones from the Grover House thing, and it's actually, it was like one, because at the time, I hadn't done a whole lot of uh, uh, construction. Later, I became a masonry and did a bunch of carpentry, but at the time, I I didn't fucking know anything. But the one thing I knew was the thermostat's always inside the house, away from any pointed window, because you don't want the sun hitting the thermostat directly, because now you're just baking and your thermostat doesn't know what it's doing. And Grover built... He built it so that for like three hours a day, the sun was just hitting directly 
on his thermostat and then wondering why it was always freezing in like, you know, March in Virginia. Uh, the <laughs> That's by the way, that's beautiful. That's the sort of long form comedy. That guy's doing Andy Kaufman without realizing it. And that was the yeah. crux of something awful. The 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 amazing thing about that is this if you type I just did this. If you type Grover House and Google I mean, it, nothing else comes up. Like, that's how big a deal this was. And for anyone that somehow does not know what Grover House is, just take free 10 minutes if you have and to look at these pictures because you don't need to know anything at all about building a house to know this guy just fucked up so badly. Oh. And it's just, it's just a lovely little trip down <laughs> the internet memory lane. It, it's one of those things where you may feel cautious if you don't know anything and be like, oh, I don't know what it's supposed to look like, but this doesn't look right. And your instincts are totally right. And one thing lost in Twitter is in Twitter, everything's old if it's like five hours old. But this Grover House thread went on for like nine months and it would pop up on the front page over and over again just from him doing updates and then people being like, OK, but you really shouldn't be cutting through I beams. It's going to put pressure right yeah, here. The, the here. Hurricane straps tying the, uh, the, the roof down. <laughs> that was the other one. Uh, load bearing drywall. Uh, drywall. Load bearing drywall. drywall. See the thing about like Twitter and social media now, while it's both universal, <laughs> the algorithm rewards, uh, megalomaniac. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> right. It, it rewards that yeah. sort of behavior in the instant sense. But just like a prestige drama in the Something Awful era, uh, it was a slow burn. That person would be able to just exist and keep going in a thread perpetually so that you could just enjoy. I remember like on a random Friday, I'd just be like, I wonder what's going on with Grover House. And it's just like, if you get double pane glass, that actually allows you to not hear the birds. So I've decided to use uh, movie theater or like prop glass so I can actually get the the outdoors in. Isn't that a good idea? And people going like, no. And him being like, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, God. It was, it was so refreshing. And you would have a thread and you would see it in its infancy where a guy would be like, hey, I bought, you know, 200 acres in inland Hawaii. And, you know, maybe some goons can help me come and, you know, clear away and make a yoga retreat. And it ends with like Lord of the Flies with people mad that their food vouchers aren't buying enough food for them to continue to exist on the commune. <laughs> a real danger of getting gored by a boar and like even pictures of guys like trying to ward off a boar with a pellet gun. And this was the thing about Web 1.0. Sorry, vaping real hard here. Uh, the thing about <laughs> the thing about <laughs> fucking been to war or something. The thing about the thing about Web 1.0 that is lost is like it was primarily populated by guys with like luxurious ponytails that because they could program in like Q Basic and C thought they were the smartest people on earth. So you couldn't tell them anything. Anything. They really were like, um, I have an engineering job. I think I know a little bit better than you how to do whatever, you know? I just networked a printer, okay? I know how to <laughs> lay a foundation. There was, how hard can it be? I remember there was literally like a, a proto pickup artist guy that was just like, oh, you're telling me I don't know how to fucking court women? Which already, not a <laughs> sentence that has a lot of promise in it. <laughs> But he was just like, I just ran over in the rain to install this girl's printer. 
Um, oh my God, that poor guy. <laughs> that <Yeah>. guy. <laughs> this guy. Just briefly, this guy <laughs> wanted some girl. Like you know, thought she was beautiful or whatever, and thought he was making progress. And she asked him to print something for her. And he, for whatever reason, they couldn't get it hooked up. So he carried his printer over to her apartment and like let her hook it up while her boyfriend was there. And uh, I think he got a hug. Was that how that story ended? Like he was really proud of himself because he's like, sure. I mean, like yeah, the boyfriend was there, but she hugged me in front of him. Yeah, I'm bringing my printer over in the rain. No. His po- it ended because someone at the very end of the thread posted his post history from there, and it was then him like commenting in like porn, the the porn sub forum like at the time like one of those like you know best boobs sub forums afterwards, making it very clear he immediately went home and was like looking for that. By, by the way, another beautiful thing about everyone being in the same walled garden is that you might like do a riff in one forum, but your post history was everywhere. I guess it's the same with Reddit. But people would just be like, "Yeah, it was sort of." Rem- do you remember the? Um, do you remember the guy in the red sweatshirt at a like a, at a presidential debate, right? Yeah, Ken Bone, yeah. <laughs> beautiful who, like, human submarines. Yeah, and like who he did like he was briefly famous because he was so like wholesome or whatever. And he was just like a fat dude in a red sweater or whatever. And then he did an AMA on Reddit under his real username, and everybody just sort of looked at his post history. And the dude had a weird fetish about pregnant women. Like, that was something awful every single day. It was delightful. I remember I got probated uh, for posting in a, like, 2006 Miami Heat game day thread in the sports (laughs) argument stadium for, again, riling people up unnecessary because I said (laughs) Spurs basketball was fundamentally boring to watch. And they're just like, yeah, it's fundamental basketball. If you can't appreciate it, whatever. And I was just like... Buddy, why am I taking basketball tips from someone who comes in jars? Because he did, because his entire post history was there. (laughs) Should I have been probated? Probably. But you know what? I'm really the John Brown of the 2006 Miami Heat thread. My favorite was there was a there was a specific sub form just for. Oh, there sure was. <laughs> there was this guy who was the most annoying dude, and he would leak into all the other soap forms, which, which is why everyone would hate him. And his name was Sky Shark. And so he, I think he, was he a like had he, fan too. Of course he was. Of course he, <laughs> he loved Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't make a post for like uh, for like two weeks because he's on vacation or something. And he gets back from vacation, and then uh, so he was known because he had like thirty guns all over his house, right? <laughs> And he, he just hid them everywhere, and he had, like, some in a safe. He gets back from vacation. He's like, yeah, someone stole all my apes. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> just, yeah, all of my guns were taken. Apparently, when I tried to scare all the neighbors, showing them how many guns I had, it really just showed that I had a lot of, like, value sitting around my house that could be easily resold. And it turned out that the po- the very last post he made before he said, hey, guys, in the gun forum, he was like, hey, guys, how do you what do you do when all of your guns are stolen? was someone was him being like no one ever gets all of their guns stolen like it was <laughs> the very last thing he wrote before vacation so it was those two posts in sequence speaking speaking uh of someone who is unintentionally gun running and faces consequences for it <laughs> how 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 would you Sorry. describe the vile rat saga Oh man! All right, so I want to I want to start this off by saying that like Valrat was always a cool dude. He's a cool dude. Uh, he, he literally he, had he was one, cool in my DMs had, too, man. He, he was... had a horrible post in D and D that everybody brings up, 
Um, he was a mod of D and D. The tattoo. What's what's D and D for? Uh, debate and discussion. Okay, what was the, the post? The, what was the, what was the problem? It was something about that laughable Zostra girl, or it was something very right. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah it didn't. didn't you know, it doesn't matter. Didn't didn't come off well. Yeah, D, he was a moderator of D and D. He was also a con, a CIA contractor who was uh, insanely pro. Um, he he had a horrible tattoo, like just an unthinkably bad tattoo. He really loved the San Diego Chargers. And he loved the game Eve Online. This guy only making poor in... decisions. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so this guy was, uh, he, he was working in fucking, he got deployed, or I, I don't know what you, you got to, not deployed, but whatever. He got assigned to go do IT stuff at an embassy in a little town called Benghazi. Just a small, and... like, quiet, uh, off-center post. <laughs> I remember there was a thread in Ask Tell, which was a sub-forum about learning about whatever, right? It, it, whatever. Experts would weigh in on things. And he had a State Department recruitment thread there. Uh, yeah, he got 14 people into the Foreign Service no, no. Officers training. He got 14. He genuinely, the yeah. way I knew Vile Rat was he contacted me. You know, a lot of people joke like uh, uh, Rob and the CIA because his lefty tanks or his lefty takes are bad and uh, I hate him. So he's dividing the left. And so, I mean, this isn't even like funny anymore. It's just a reality of posting online. Like if you have a podcast, people think that means you have more going on than essentially a $150 H5 Zoom recorder and a microphone and no shame. And so people are like, ha, Rob CIA. Vile Rat literally contacted me and said, have you ever considered a career in the State Department? And he started, he helped me like prep for the test and he showed me books that would be good to read if I wanted to join the State Department. And he's like, it's great. You can just work in consular services. You know, they take, if you have a spouse, they'll take care of them. You know, they'll fly them out. They'll provide an apartment. Um, you're just stamping passports. And the most important thing is, you know, when people are in a foreign country, they're abroad and, you know, they get mugged or something goes wrong. You really are, you know, the angel of mercy that comes down and says, don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. And as someone yeah. that, you know, played support characters in online games, speaking of uh, the best people in the world, I, I remember I played uh, a medic in Team Fortress 2 because the best demo man on earth happened to be an SA goon. And that was a real treat. And I was like, buddy, if, if I'm supporting uh, explosive actions in Team Fortress 2 with a goon, why wouldn't I do my best to support people abroad and Vile Rat, a delightful man in the State Department? I was very dumb. I didn't really have ideology at that point. And he, he, was, he was taking me through, and I was signed up to take the State Department uh, entrance exam and he's like I'll vouch for you it's all good and then one day he just stopped responding and why was that oh my goodness he was in uh he was posting it was in a, he was in an IRC chat thread I don't think he was in he wasn't posting on the forums at the time right and, it was like Eve related stuff yeah, I think he, was the and, last and he was like hey I hear something yeah, that no, was like this, the last the last line was oh shit gunfire and uh yeah he yeah. was in the Benghazi embassy that got attacked and uh, he was killed. He was. Uh, he was. I guess he was probably in the safe room where they all asphyxiated. Literally um, was. And, you know, yes. In the, the, yeah. And the sad thing about this is that um, his mother, who you know was always sort of like susceptible to right wing shit. You know, like he even posted several threads about her, where he's like, yeah, she's just into all this right wing, all this bullshit. Um, and he was 
like ostensibly a very like progressive dude. Um, that obviously that one post notwithstanding, except like, again, except for being the IT guy for a gun running expedition sure. in Libya. Yeah. Other than that, a delightful guy socially. Yeah, and but you know the Republicans got a hold of his mother. And they started trotting her out on stage to blame Hillary Clinton for getting her son killed. And it's sort of like, it's just ludicrous to see something so big and so organized as like a, 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 you know, a thing of the GOP. Me being able to say like, or any of us being able to say like, oh, this is fucking bullshit. Like he would have hated this. Like you were taking advantage of this woman's grief. But it's just like, you know, it's another one of those bizarre fucking things from something awful. Um, yeah. Yeah, there was something about something awful where... I mean, this is so self-serving, but in Web 1.0, like you had to want to be on the internet. Like you had to configure a router with like TCP IP settings that would get around your firewall. I don't even know what that means, but like you, you had to like be a nerd to be online, at least in the early days of something awful. And because of that, it trended slightly smarter than the rest of the internet. And so something awful had people like the leaks that come out about how Teslas are programmed essentially in basic and programmed to like explode and no person should drive that. Those leaks came on something awful forums. There were white house press secretaries that would vent not on like an anonymous Twitter, but on the something awful forums. Like nowadays the reach of something awful because of the original population. Now that everyone's like 40 years old, uh, they are like a shadow cadre. It'd be one of these things where if everybody had to immediately identify as a something awful goon in public, you would you would believe uh-huh. in the Illuminati. They are fucking everywhere. Yeah, and I and, and the, that, it's the plot of Mission Impossible One, except for like connecting real people's names to their something awful. Oh, that would you know, and the, yeah. The other the other like wild something awful story that is like vile rap but crazier. I think it's crazier. It's fucking Caro, who well, uh, I don't remember uh, that. Do you remember what the story? That? that might have been a little bit after you. Caro was a fuck. I mean, like legitimately mentally ill. Who um first got into oh God? I want to say he got into he stuck into Iraq uh, under the auspices yeah. that he was a medic and he was looking up videos on YouTube of how to like start lines. And so he got into Turkey and got into Iraq and start um, lines? was posting videos like like IV oh, okay. lines. Um, you know, like start fluids and like do basic wound care and stuff like that. And it was just like, yeah, I'm a medic. I'm here to volunteer. And he was like in fucking Baghdad, like working for like whomever would hire him. Ends up getting like fucking exported. Like the State Department figured out who he was, went and got him, drug his ass into Turkey, sent him back home. He fucking gets back in um, to Turkey and ends up in Syria uh, doing the exact same thing. <clears throat> And he's posting about it, all these things. Bellingcat uh, was connected with him. Bellingcat is like, um, that has a something awful. Also a something awful goon. Who is yeah. Bellingcat real quick? Also might be CIA. Yeah, who is Bellingcat? Because I, I hear them roasted by. Bellingcat is a, Bellingcat was a former goon. I don't think he posts there anymore. Um, who like got, un- who was unemployed. And so he started looking at um, like available footage of, um, like munitions in Syria when Assad started butchering his own people and started tracing them to where they were from based on like just what he could find online. And he sort of started the whole um, like citizen internet, you know, investigative journalism for war stuff that if you're following the Ukraine, uh, Ukraine and Russia right now is very, very informative. Um, But he eventually like sort of made that into a career. And now he's, you know, he just, this is what he does. 
Um, of course, you know, a lot of people say he's CIA now and, you know, whatever. Um, but so Bellingcat was sort of keeping in touch with Caro and then Caro got fucking abducted and, and was in like the, um, Assad's like torture prison for multiple years. And everyone just assumed he was gone. And at the very end of like the Obama presidency, John Kerry got him out like complete fucking insanity. I don't know where Caro is now or what, what positions he's in. But this random ass, like, legitimately mentally ill, something awful goon got his ass captured and arrested in Syria and survived torture prison for multiple years. Um, so, yeah, maybe a happier ending than File Rat, I guess. Yeah, there is something sort of beautiful and made you feel very connected and in the know beyond the $10 paywall that the most insane, like, going for it people on Earth would, like, get abducted. Or, or like get deployed to a listening post in like Ankara and still be posting like Let's Play threads where it's just like, I bet I could beat Super Mario 64 quicker than anyone. And also here's the truth about Reshep Tayyip Erdogan. It was a, be- <laughs> it was a beautiful place. <laughs> I, do, I do like seeing like people that are, you know, our age now coming to prominence, like in their political lives and like pointing, you absolutely posted on something awful. Stephen Miller absolutely posted on something awful. Yep. Abs- 100%. Pete yeah, Buttigieg. Totally. Pete Buttigieg absolutely did not ever post on something awful. <laughs> I really do love that they trace that Pete Buttigieg photo and it, it like 100% he po- he made his own Wikipedia article. Yeah. I, was, I have you heard that, that well this is this is off topic. Uh I have a couple of friends that well, I'm sure we all have friends that work in DC and, you know, hear whispers right. that Pete Buttigieg isn't actually gay. Like this is, this is all like a long con that he was trying to build his political brands. So in the same way that certain politicians will hide that they're gay, he's like not actually gay. Yeah. Someone told me that, but I've, I've heard that about every gay politician to be honest. So I, I like, I, I've never, I'm, yeah, I'm like the, the Fox Mulder of beards. I want Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg to be like the reverse <laughs> Lindsey Graham. That's just, it's just a yes. more fun world to live in. I choose to be there. Uh, but so uh, if you have time, we'll just do the, the 4chan thing and then do the reading and then get out. Are you okay with that, Brad? Can you do that? Yeah. I mean, my phone's not okay, ringing. Cool. So uh, it's a quiet day. So talking about like uh, world events being influenced by a bunch of fucking dipshits on something awful forums back in the day. I mean, look, that's the thing about uh, stories is that like th- there's no happy ending. Life life goes on, right? Like you have your moment where you're a ridiculous person on a forum, but then you continue tracking down that and the knock on effects, who knows? And so one of the sub forums of something awful. We, we talked about this briefly earlier. Uh, people were showing up in the movie review forum and the most fervent sort of like fanatical uh, like media consumers when it came to movies, especially in like the early 2000s, people where they had nowhere else to explore this outlet were anime fans. And so if you went in the movie sub forum, there'd be a lot of like, you know, Utena 64, Ranma one half like review. And it became too like anime filled. And so Lotax created by way of uh, like digitally ethnic cleansing the normal movie forum, he created a derogatory anime sub forum called ADTRW. I think it was the 
That stood for anime death tentacle rape death whorehouse. Tentacle rape. Something yeah. like that. And that was the anime subform. And even amongst other essay forums, like it was hard to cull the bottom 5% Aztec style in that forum because everyone existed in the bottom 5%. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Akira is a very good film. We should talk about this. That is not what people talked about in that forum. It was very much the thing where it's like, you know what? If you like fucking parrots, you should not be able to find a community that's like our parrot fuckers. <laughs> you should be alone and then move on with other interests in your life and put that behind you as like an, an embarrassing moment of exploration. Uh, <laughs> that did not happen. It turns out if you put all of the most psycho anime fans on the early internet into one place, they just reinforce each other. Right, and it's 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 it's, it's the concept of resonance, right? That as as a as a uh, a sound wave bounces, it becomes stronger, right? Where you might think, man, I like again. Let's go back to parrot fucking. Uh, this this is something we we looked at it, we examined it, we're moving on. No, now you found a bunch of other people who are also in that moment. So instead of you moving on, you're like, well, maybe is it wrong to fuck parrots? Maybe is this something that you know is actually right? And that's what happened with that. And if you, yeah, and so just hold on to that concept because it will it will resonate. You only go ahead. And it's not like you're actually fucking a parrot. You're actually fucking a ten thousand year old tree spirit who happens to look my, like a parrot. Right. So it's not there's not an age concern there. So you know there. My you go. parrot occasionally speaks English, which makes me think it's actually an elder spirit. And you can't convince me otherwise. And then forty five people go like, my parrot does the same thing. Have we noticed a through line? <laughs> Yeah, hey, Tide goes in, coast Tide to coast goes with out. No yeah. Host. yeah, Tide's out. You can't explain that. I remember. I, so what happened next? Well, Rob? so I, I remember there was an animated GIF thread that was frequently updated in eighty. What is it? Eighty uh, TRW. And I've never been like a big fan. Like during the Mueller hearings and stuff. Like I understand that the FBI probably killed MLK and, and Malcolm X, or at least like contributed in a meaningful way to resisting those sort of strains of thought and but like I, so i'm not a big fbi fan like liberals are now where if you watch rachel maddow it's like a bunch of former fbi and cia operatives giving you like straight state mm -hmm. propaganda that isn't marked as such on twitter uh so i'm not a big fan but that anime sub forum gif thread made me thankful for the fbi it was not a pleasant place, and Lotax, despite all of his flaws, was still able to recognize that uh, the, the Lovecraftian depths go even deeper than you might imagine. And eventually he yeah. said, I don't even want... I have a porn forum and a torrent site on my page. I would rather... I, I can tolerate that, but I can't tolerate you absolute psychos in the anime forum. And he banned... Right. For for every like negative thing that's accurate about Lotax, man, he knew that was that was wrong. And he fucking kicked him off site. They went and made their own site. And that website was called 4chan. So 4chan, in the same way that Something Awful was an offshoot of uh, some people that were occasionally on a porn slash gross video site called like Style Project back in the day. A site, yeah, really? so for a while when they didn't have hosting, they were on Style Project, which was like 
flash game anime dating simulators, um, people fucking horses, for some reason, uh, 10 different versions of the execution of Daniel Pearl, and and just like a, a proto-e-fucked, right? Mm-hmm. Lotax was able to tolerate all that, but the nature of early aughts anime fans was such that he said, you need to go. And so uh, one of the users, what was his name? Moot, I think it might have been. Yeah, Moot. M-O-O. Decided, well, if they're not going to let us post animated GIFs of children on something awful, I'll start my own web board where we can all post it anonymously and thus not get banned. And that reactionary psycho cesspool uh, ended up producing, some would argue, the impetus towards Donald Trump taking the presidency. <laughs> I absolutely will argue that. I'll argue that Do all it. day. Let's hear it. Um, yeah, no. The, the the thing with... the A was the anonymity of it all. Um, you know, like there were no consequences. So you know, something awful we mentioned earlier, you know, like something awful was a resource early on the internet. Um, you, 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 you lost a lot of access to it. There were a lot of things you did on something awful that just weren't available anywhere else at the time. Um, you, you don't have that now on 4chan and there was no, there was no consequence personally was cause it was all anonymous. And like I said, I went back to that sort of, um, you know, things sort of, uh, reverberating and like getting stronger. And it's also, there was also this element on 4chan of you trying to shock other people. Like, well, how can I be people- shocked? How can I push people the that would have liked to post in FIAD but knew there were consequences there could get away with that sort of like disgusting, shocking behavior if mm-hmm. they just went off site? Even if they weren't anime fans, there was a certain point where they're like, um, it's going to cost me money to be this ridiculous uh, uh, and like predatory, absurd, like morally reprehensible person at something awful. There's now a place for me to gather with others with no accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this this sort of over the years just sort of kept happening. And where, you know, what was originally a joke, well, if a year later, it's no longer a joke, it's accepted. And a year later after <coughs> that, like, that's so far more where we are no longer, you know, are. And really, if you track, and there's, there's going to be an effort, uh, surely there's going to be like an academic effort to track 4chan. But it started with Gamergate which was a, a bizarre thing where it turned out that a female game reviewer was dating a, a, des- a developer. I mean, it was some insider. I mean, it was completely, who gives a fuck? Like, whatever. And this turned into a coordinated, years-long harassment campaign against women in the games industry. And there was somebody involved with that that was also working uh, for a company that was a former CIA naval officer who was working in China on a WoW scheme to sell gold, um, who picked up on this Gamergate thing and understood that there was a lot of potential energy with these angry, white, disgusting guys on 4chan who were fucking seeing what who could one-up each other. This guy's name was Steve Bannon. And he eventually became connected with the Trump campaign, obviously. And he was able to harness that sort of white rage against women. Of course, in this, in, in 2016, it was obviously Hillary Clinton, um, who you don't need a lot of reasons to dislike. But for this particular reason was very much like this. You are a, you're a woman. You're an anti. And these people are very virulently anti-feminist, virulently anti uh uh, set there in the incel movement involuntary celibacy is comes out of this so many things that we are suffering from right now came out of this 
fucking website where a bunch of anime nerds got kicked off of something awful because they were so into pedophilia anime. And that's at the end of the day, that is absolutely what it is. Like Steve Bannon helped Trump get elected by mobilizing the same group of people that were harassing female journalists years before. I mean, I'll push back a little bit in the sense that in 2012, Trump was go. He was he pulled second in the Republican primary without announcing. Like he didn't he didn't announce a run, and when they pulled all possible candidates, he was number two. So he already had Wait, the clap this? there that he needed. 2012. 20, well, yeah, but when was it? Where, when was he? Like, it, was this the RNC straw poll? No, no, no. This was a national, the, multiple national polls had Trump either second or tied for second. Because Trump on the poll. spoke at the RNC, uh, not the RNC. The, no, no, um, it was before that. It was when all the birther stuff was happening in 2011. Right. And, but that, but he wasn't like a serious person then. And I wouldn't, you know, the, the, the line. You no, I would yeah, say but, he was. Yeah, but the, in 2004, like the number one or, G, or in 2008, the number one GOP challenger was uh, Rudy Giuliani. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how much I, fate Maybe early on in polling, but Rudy had announced and had a full campaign at that point. Rudy didn't have a campaign in 2008. Randy had just, Rudy had just announced, like he'd mentioned it. Or it was a 2008 or 2012. Anyway, I, I don't, I would need to see that. I've not heard that. I don't, I don't know I'm saying it, I'm not saying he, it's wrong, but I would like to see it. I'll put it this way. Without any 4chan stuff, I put money down on Donald Trump the day it was announced. He was announcing the following day. Right then, I put I put money down on the bet he was going to win either the primary or the presidency. Like he was already he was already the person who was actually running who had pulled best in the nation. He also did worse than Romney. He had fewer voters than Romney in every state that mattered. Uh, in two thousand twenty, he had more votes than anybody. No, I'm kidding. Which he he will say that. Um, anyway, but yeah, we we I would love to talk about this another time. But like, four chan though did help him. Um, I, I would say it helped him in, like in the way that kind of everything helps him, but I wouldn't say it was like, I, he was going to be either the top candidate or the second candidate. Like I, I think he was destined for either spot. I, I think the other most important thing is that you can sort of see a through line with things that would resonate on 4chan with Trump's policy. And specifically totally. that goes back to like, I can look at people in the Trump administration and say like you post on 4chan, right? Stephen Miller obviously posts on 4chan. Donald Trump Jr. very clearly posts on 4chan, yeah. very clearly references um, like in jokes on 4chan, things like that. Um, that whole sort of like, yeah, I, I said this on previous podcasts, but like one of the things about Trump was that he was so sort of detached from the GOP mainstream that he had to bring in a lot of people from outside the political spectrum. Um, people that didn't have really any experience in the in in national GOP politics because he was so insistent on only bringing in people that had been loyal to him from the very beginning, and he ended up bringing in a bunch of people who we are going to be fucking stuck with forever, um, who you know didn't have that sort of pro corporate you know just say the quiet part say the quiet part you know type deal people that were just blatantly out there, and that's right. what's happened now. Like that dam is broken. You, you have Marjorie Taylor Greens and Lauren Boebert's now who are, and Paul Gozer's now who are that willing to be that insane uh, because, you know, there's so many people now in the support roles that grew up on 4chan. I, and, and, you know, I can, we can all spot it. People will say we're crazy, but this language you hear, like, I can tell you exactly where that's from every single time. Yeah. I will say if you want to add an additional link to essay causes all of our problems, um, <clears throat> the idea of anonymous, the hacker collective, 
that was something that grew very quickly out of 4chan as a sort of uh, in the same way that that people go to the you know people in these war zones and these conflict zones abroad they get training by like NATO and then that training ends up you know being utilized later to take down like passenger airlines and do terrorism and that sort of stuff guerrilla mm. warfare type shit like when they kicked ADTRW off of something awful and moved it to 4chan that was post all those people participating in all the collective action successes of something awful. Like they had seen that if you have enough people that are like-minded and a digital network that allows them to buy in with a sort of veneer, uh, with a sort of obfuscating veneer that provides personal real world safety, people are much more willing to take the risk, hop in and engage in politics that are, inherently maybe reactionary or in some cases literally cia backed and so anonymous very quickly grew out of that milieu of people that learned from sa that you actually can get shit done if there's enough of you and you decide to just do it right and there was a in yeah. the, like there's this even sort of uh penetrating you know our sort of like general media landscape now or a general movie landscape and like spoilers for Batman, if you haven't seen the new one yet, uh, it literally ends with a dude on the internet who got a bunch of fucking like weirdos to listen to him to show up and start shooting up a place. Um, and like you know, if you 15 years ago you would say, well, this is crazy. Like this would never. This is unbelievable. Even within like the scope of a Batman movie about a a, a billionaire vigilante who just beats the shit out of criminals every night. Like that end of the movie, I'm sort of like I would believe that. Yeah, I could see somebody like harvesting or harnessing that sort of collective action. These sort of aggrieved peoples, right? Yeah. Um, and like in 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 motivating them in that sense. Like, have me like we're to the point now where shootings are not even shocking, right? Six people died last night. And nine were injured in a mass shooting in Sacramento. It's not even news, right? Everyone's talking about UNC beating Duke, right? When will that? When it? It eventually there will be an an internet online organized mass shooting that happens, and we'll just be like, oh yeah, internet. Famously action. on 4chan, mm -hmm. I remember this because I was there. This is a while back ago. There's a guy who's just like, hey, what's up? I'm gonna do a school shooting at my community college, and 4chan, all the anonymous people were like, hey, uh, a cool tip is uh, tell them you're not going to hurt them and corral them into the corner of the room. That way you get the most uh, uh, payoff for every assault rifle bullet you fire into them. And then the guy the next day did that exact method to increase body count. Yeah. Was that a Elliot? No, 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 no. That was... That, no, no, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say him. Elliot Rogers, not an essay goon. Because, look, there was enough yeah. pickup yeah. artistry on something awful at the time that I feel like... He would have otherwise he would have been exposed to mystery method and would have had some success with the ladies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but go ahead. I know you I got nothing. It. So if you got it and we're gonna just toss the reading. Well, yeah, I was just gonna say that, like, and this is kind of smelling my own farts a little bit, but there's um there's definitely there was like that aughts thing of people wanting something to believe in because obviously like the government was just full of shit on everything involved. Iraq, Afghanistan, like it was very clear that like top down action was pretty like useless. 
but you know people wanted something to believe in so they got like really into all the collective stuff on the internet through something awful and on the right you saw like the 4chan stuff and then on the left you got like occupy and mm-hmm. a lot of the og occupy organizers were like either something awful goons or people working with something awful goons and um yeah and, and t- it was obviously the less successful side of the equation there right and and you take uh, that today sorry you really just bouncing off that the sort of leftist organizing something awful is still around today and it's obviously nowhere near you know it's it's peak you know it's heights but something awful is probably like all told one of the as sad as it is to say, like one of the most progressive websites on the internet. I mean, there is like nothing right wing at all. They've all been run off. Um, and your baseline there is just like bitter mid thirties socialist now who works in the computer industry. Yeah, pretty much. All right, guys, I had to rock one more piss. I encourage you to do that. And what I'm going to do is check your Twitter. I send an article. Uh, what I'd like, we'll just read through this and we'll be done. Interrupt at any point. If you have something that, jumps out just so we're not like you know reading it straight uh it's a short article maybe like 15 20 minutes um you know i'll actually repost it again just for your convenience oh i got you it you guys it's got up. it the oral history uh yeah i'll be right back okay cool yeah, i got it. 